Hey, what the fuck is up? It's Aiden Taco Jones, and today is Tuesday. It's the 12th of March, 2019, and this is sitting under a tree, and I am fucking exhausted. I'm not, maybe it's not that, like, physical kind of exhaustion, but my eyes are just super tired. I'm in the airport right now. It's, like, five past one in the afternoon, and... Tonight, for the first time since the 15th of January, I'm going to be sleeping in my own bed. And I fucking cannot wait. Oh, um, what can I tell you? Last night at WOMAD was so good. Uh, all right. It was amazing, but it was almost, I almost cried because it was bad. <laughs> like, I flew back to see the Gypsy Kings at WOMAD and... Uh, if you don't know who the Gypsy Kings are, fuck, man. They're like, they're, they're from France, actually, but they're like a Spanish kind of flamenco guitar gypsy band. They sing in Spanish, and uh, my mum used to always play them when I was a kid, but they were, like, huge in the 80s. Like that song, um, Bamboleo, Bamboleo. <laughs> I don't know the words to it. That was them. I don't know, man. That was massive, and... Um, they three of the original members have reformed and they went to WOMAD and played and I flew back from Sydney just for a day to go and see it and uh, the one song that I really wanted to hear was A Mi Manera which is a Spanish speaking cover of um, My Way which is like an old Frank Sinatra song and fucking like that was the one you know that's the reason I flew if I'm honest with myself that's the reason I flew back um, and they played this set, and I didn't expect them to play it until later, but it's not... I don't know, you know when you, like... I don't know if that's their big song. Um, like, I always think about that. Like, I just... if Like, the song that you like of a band might not necessarily be the song that everyone else knows them for. So if you go in expecting to hear that, then, you know. And I went in expecting to hear that fucking tune, and um, they played their whole set... And they got to the end and they had not played it. And I just was like, surely not. Like, surely they're going to play it. And they went away and then they came back and they did an encore. And I was like, this is it. And they started playing the first fucking chord. And like, I was there with my mum and uh, and like her mate. And I turned around and I was like, this is it. <laughs> and then they started playing fucking... Olare, whoa, whoa and I was like okay that's not it like they played like three or four more songs and every song they played that wasn't Ami Moneta I'm like they're not going to play it this is it they, there's no way they have any more energy after this and they played like five encore songs and then they went away and then the MC from the stage like the, the WOMAD lady came out and was like thank you guys so much that's the end of the festival and I I believed that was it I grabbed my bag and I was just like Furious. I was so... St I was like, I'm just going to fucking go home right now. I was just going to grab my bag and legit walk like for the 45 minutes back to the house. I was like, I don't want to be out anymore. I'm so bummed. Not only that they didn't play the song, but that I now realize I've wasted the rest of the gig waiting for the song that wasn't going to come. Oh, And then they came out, the last fucking thing, and, uh, and they played only one like verse of it, but it was enough, man. Oh, and as soon as I started playing the, the lick at the start, I just went, yes! 
I <laughs> just like yelled out loud and my mum started laughing. Um, but yeah, I'm just tired from that, man. And like, the I don't know. I'm just, I guess the end of a trip, it's not like the one, it's not the, like the last two months of me being away from home has been, you know, one energy. It's been ups and downs, but I'm just, now that I'm going home, I feel like I'm out of energy because I'm like, this is the last push, you know? Ah. <sighs> WOMAP was amazing. The rest of the thing, man, the the highlight, um, if any of you guys are on my Instagram, fucking that ephemeral, it was called Ephemeral City. It was like this French, um, I guess, oh, what's the word, like not performance artist, like some French artist, right, put together a huge, this huge spiral structure out of boxes. I saw it on uh, the Sunday they put it together. I didn't like know how they did it but I went back on the Monday they like explained um, they built the top first and then they got just random people from the festival to come along and lift it up together and then put other boxes all like underneath it just like cardboard boxes and then they taped it all together so they'd like cut all this stuff and like built it specifically so that it would fit kind of like Lego blocks or whatever and uh, and they just fucking lifted this structure up and bit by bit built it until it was like I want to say it was like 15, 20 metres tall. And then on uh, yesterday, on the Monday, so they had that there and it was like this project for the whole four-day festival. And then yesterday at 6 o'clock, they just said they were going to deconstruct it. So everyone came to look and they, oh man, they didn't just like, I thought maybe they were going to like take it apart bit by bit. But um, they did nothing of the sort. They had it like tied. They had the top of it fastened with rope and um and then they fucking slackened off like some of the ropes on one side of the thing and just pulled it down and i don't think they knew how it was going to work because like the lady who was kind of running the thing said like they had a, it was about half an hour there was a huge crowd of like a few hundred people gathered around and the lady was going like <laughs> that's right there was a, a bunch of kids there was a lot of kids there because they told everyone we're going to knock it down and then we're all going to jump on it and it's going to be great and this lady with a little speaker thing was just going everyone please don't climb inside of the structure just jump on the top or else people will get crushed <sighs> fuck me that was a loud announcement god damn it of course jetstar are the ones to have a loud fucking announcement all the other announcements are just like in the background of course jetstar is the one that's just like we're fucking stupid ugh Anyway, I'm in the airport. I'm going to fucking edit that out. There's going to be a few announcements and shit. Um, yeah, they said, we're going to jump. So they said, we're going to jump on it. And there was a lot of kids around. And uh, and some of the kids started counting down. When, like, it was clearly not ready to go over. Some of the kids were just like, three, two, one. And, they, and the lady with the boombox was just like, a boombox? No, it was like a, a microphone and a speaker. Anyway. The lady was like, um, no, guys, no, 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 it's not yet. And actually, when we do count down, we're going to count down from 10. And the kids <laughs> just started going, 10, 9. It's like, <laughs> it's like, kids, there's like firemen and shit here to make sure that this thing doesn't go over at the wrong time and fucking take out 50 spectators. Do you know what I mean? I was imagining when it went over, I had that video, you know, that video of um, the Hindenburg, that airship in Germany just before the war. Um, it was like a hydrogen airship and it fucking went up in flames. And that American guy on the radio, like, I was going to say commentating on it, like it's a football game. Um, the American guy was like there 
I guess, to, like, you know, fucking talk about it on the news back in America to, like, record a thing. And, uh, and when it went up in flames, there's a famous audio of him going, Oh, the humanity! <laughs> as, as hundreds of people burned to their death in a hydrogen fire. Um, yeah, man, like, I, I, I kind of had that in my head of, like, as this thing goes down. It's, like, it's not often that you see a massive thing like that get destroyed. And, like, when it's a building, they clear people out because it's actually dangerous. But this thing was just cardboard. I also wonder whose job is it to sign off on that, you know? Like, there were these SEA... This... <laughs> just the level of, like, people were really... There's no precedent. There's no set instructions or, like, a way of, of like, demolishing that. Do you know? Like, it doesn't get done often enough that there is, like... Uh, what's the word? Procedure around it. And uh, so they just had these ropes, and they were going to, I guess slacken them off on one side and then pull the whole structure down and they made it fall one way and they'd roped off the area that they wanted it to fall in and then they just had some guy stand at the base of it and literally pace out the distance for how far it was going to fall like we've roughly calculated how tall it is and then we'll just pace it out and just kind of like like <laughs> it was just it was striking how unofficial the whole process was for something that like in fairness definitely could seriously injure someone or probably kill someone if it got out of hand and they were telling people like just please don't climb on the inside it was kind of cool i like that there wasn't a lot of regulation around it that it was cuz I mean, I guess that's the advantage of having something, doing something that's not often done, is that there's no one around to be like, well, last time we did it, we did it like this, and so you can't do it like that. There were just like a few SES guys around who, like, what's their expertise in knocking down a cardboard structure? I guess they're the dudes who are just like, well, I'll take responsibility if anything goes wrong, so I'll be in charge of doing stuff the right way, you know? (laughs) And, like, when they pitched that, when he pitched that as an idea to the festival, hey, can I come build a giant cardboard structure and then knock it over and have people jump on it like did they is there some sort of number like a coefficient for what materials are allowed to be used in certain ways absolutely not they probably would have been like cardboard cardboard is that that's pretty chill right cardboard's pretty yeah car, yeah yeah we'll do cardboard that'll be safe like <laughs> there's hard cardboards out there oh imagine if someone had died at like the the most limp-wristed hippie festival WOMAD like it's an amazing festival but um it's full of you know like seminars on like saving the whales and fucking global warming climate change and blah 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 and so it's like full of hippies (laughs) and they're all about safety and loving each other it wouldn't be funny if someone died why do I think it would be funny if someone died the right wing would have a field day though all the oil companies would be like, <laughs> being like, these fucking wind turbine creating lefties are killing children with their cardboard idolatry. <laughs> I would kind of love that just for how excited right wing people would be if someone died at a hippie festival. They'd be like, see, see, they're evil. They're evil too. We're evil and so are they. Everyone's evil. Use oil. Man, there was, like, I went to, I briefly went to some. It's like a music festival, but then they have, like, tents with, like, what are we going to do? 
about like coal and then they all sit there there's like four people up on stage with microphones and they all go well this is what I'm doing this is what I'm doing and everyone sits there and goes yay and nothing really gets done I mean I guess actually someone did ask that question from the crowd they like put the thing out to the crowd and someone was just like what can we actually do like okay this is all great we're all sitting here and it's all very nice but when I leave what can I actually fucking do to change any of this or are we all just going to sit here and talk to each other and pat each other on the back and then go and watch the Gypsy Kings tonight like yeah the, 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 I, I love that music festival and I love the vibe but fucking hippies man and the self-congratulatory tone that they take around just like, anything happening and like all the people dressing differently in their fucking baggy tie-dye shit I look different in the same way that everyone else here also looks different so actually we all look the same ugh I liked my mum's friend's attitude to it, which is like not, they're not the hippies at all. And one of the dudes is like fucking 48, came in with a 600 mil Mount Franklin bottle of vodka. And I was like, man, <laughs> I would feel like a piece of shit doing that. But I love that you're 48 and you're still doing it. It makes me kind of want to do it again, hey. Because fuck, I spent a lot of money on drinks. <sighs> amazing. Gypsy King's amazing. Festival amazing. Um, the week in Sydney was fucking awesome. The comedy store, if anyone was there at that show, fucking thanks so much for the com- to the comedy store for having me there for the week. What an amazing run of shows. Um, the Wollongong, we went up to, so like the Tuesday, the Tuesday was pretty good. It t- man, it, would, it took me a while to kind of get into my stride, I think. Like the Tuesday show was at um, the Enmore Theatre and it wasn't, like it was well attended or whatever but the crowd just wasn't that hot and I guess they the guys at the store said that crowd can be a little bit tough sometimes and maybe it's just the start of the week as well first show of the week I was a little nervous because I wanted to impress them Um, and then the Wednesday at Wollongong I hadn't really hit my stride Um, but that was a big show Wollongong Uni Wollongong just as a day was great me and Pete me and the legendary open mic comedy in Melbourne Peter Jones stalwart of the scene never dies never gives up never says fuck you dad I'm hungry he's never said that I don't think he's a very polite boy um we went to uh we went to Wollongong and fucking just like spent the day walking around there and uh I didn't know I thought Wollongong would be a shitter town to be honest I really thought it just it's got a beach that's enough to switch a town over from being bad to good, I think. It's just having a beach. All shit towns are in the desert and all good towns are on the ocean. I'm calling it now. <laughs> I mean, Kalgoorlie would have been good. Kalgoorlie would have been great with a beach. Oh, imagine Kalgoorlie with a beach. It would actually, there'd be something to fucking do other than just get drunk and pass out in the desert. Jesus Christ, I hated that town. And I feel like Wollongong had a similar vibe and it wasn't like you know full of nice people but you just put people next to a beach and they instantly just chill the fuck out because they can go for a swim you can't it's pretty hard to fight with someone when you're swimming like when you're in the water like you just go to a different part of the water I would love I would actually love to see a domestic at the beach I feel like that'd be great like sometimes you see people fucking at the beach you know like in the water and that's funny and that's great and I'm all for that to be honest I reckon I did it when I was like 17 or 18 Actually, I definitely did. I just remembered that. <laughs> Yuck. 
<laughs> I had sex with my high school girlfriend in the in the water at Glenelg. <laughs> oh, um, and that's great, but you never see the other side of the coin, which I, I want to see. I want to see a couple having a real breakup fight in the ocean, just treading water. God damn it, this podcast episode is going to be brutal. I can't wait to buy new mics and shit. <laughs> this may be the worst episode yet. Um, it's cut out so far. Oh, it's cut out, I think, four times, and I've had two... No, and I've had three Jetstar announcements. No, four times cut out, two Jetstar announcements. It's going to be very clippy. I can't wait to finish this on half an hour. I'm doing it just to do it. Hello, everyone listening. My name's Aiden Jones, and this is Sitting Under a Tree, and <laughs> there's 12 and a half minutes left. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so- this is absurd. I'm so tired. I'm sitting in a corner at the airport. My fucking USB mic keeps unplugging. I haven't fixed the problem. I think I just need to get new equipment. Um, and, the, and Jetstar announcements keep happening. They're real fucking loud. Oh. There's, here's another one. What's she got to say? That one was a lot quieter. That one was far, far quieter than the others. You know why? Because it wasn't Jetstar. Legit, I think Jetstar do actually do louder announcements. From what I can tell, that one didn't even say Jetstar, blah, blah, blah. Because you know when you're not traveling on, traveling on Jetstar, they fu- That's. It's annoying that those shitty airlines, oh, they're not really shitty though, are they? I mean, I'm still flying them. It just... What am I trying to say? It's interesting that there are airlines for poor people and people with more money. I was going to say rich people, but it felt uncomfortable because I aspire to be that class and so it would be putting myself down. Isn't that a bummer? I don't want to call myself rich in the future, hopefully. I want to call myself a person with more money. Here, this one's going to be Jetstar. Oh, no, it's far away. Not Jetstar. Hey! Um, It's wild that there's, like, yeah, there's airlines for poor people. And airlines for people of greater means. Um, and that the one, the airline for the poor people has louder announcements because they're like, poor people are dumb. They're probably not going to be listening. We need to yell at them to get them to where they need to go. <laughs> and then like, because the one, you know, like the ones with the rich people, they're also not it's not that stressful if they miss their flight, in it? Because they've got, and if you've got enough money to fly Qantas, you've got enough money to miss your flight and buy another flight for Qantas. Do you know what I mean? That's quite a a lavish expense, to be honest. Um, But if you're flying Jetstar, it's like, oi, wake up, stupid. You cannot afford to miss this flight. (laughs) That's why they're yelling. And they do yell, and they have yelled, on average, every six minutes during this podcast. Every six minutes for the last 18. Um, Oh, I went for a swim in Wollongong. That's what I was talking about. Went for a swim and uh, we were like, we were walking to the place where the gig was and uh, I guess it was like a 40 minute walk away and we had like an hour and a bit and I'd said to Pete like maybe do we go swimming, like we'd had a nice day, we'd gone for a bit of a walk, we'd fucking, 
had some coffee, had some tea, all this stuff. And then uh, we had like a half hour leeway and I was just like, it would be so nice to go for a swim. And then I kind of looked at the water and I was like, it would be so nice to go for a swim. Why don't I go for a swim right now? And I changed into my fucking shorts and I went for a swim in the ocean. And it was incredible. It was everything I wanted it to be. The waves were like huge dumping waves on the shore. And um, I just fucking, I just let them take me. I let them sweep me away into another world. It really felt like, it felt like where I needed to be at that moment. Ugh. God damn it. I was <laughs> I was really waiting for something to happen there and nothing happened. I just did poetry that didn't rhyme. Um, oh, let's do song of the week. Stella Donnelly, Beware of the Dogs. Actually, great fucking... Friday was an amazing day. And I was talking about the week that I had in Sydney and the run, like the Wednesday show, I was kind of there in Wollongong. Thursday... Um, first night at the comedy store wasn't really there like I did okay but um, I was I guess getting used to the new like new fucking room and it was the first night at the comedy store I was a little bit nervous and I wanted to get the video and um, and then the Friday I mean on Thursday Pete fucking destroyed on Thursday and I was like that's where I need to be I need to relax I need to chill and I need to get to that point where I'm just doing well and uh, Friday, I really fucking took the day, just chilled out. And it was International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day to all women, international or otherwise. Um, I sent out a few messages to friends and stuff. I just, I just, like, I felt like Friday was a nice day for me. I did nice things. I was a good boy. I didn't drink all day. Um, no, I did drink. What am I talking about? I caught up with my friend fucking Sam George Benja. Uh, and we did have some beers. I just lied. I just lied on the podcast to you guys. Um, and then I was at Bondi. That's right. And then I was at Bondi, and uh, I didn't get drunk. I had like a couple beers. And then I was at Bondi, and I fucking um, same thing as Wednesday. I was like, you know what? It'd be nice to go for a surf right now at Bondi. Saw some guys, some like French dudes hiring out surfboards, and I was like, hey, give me one of those surfboards, Pierre, Jean Claude, Jean Henri. Hola, ça va, Jean-Ri? Uh, je want un surfboard. S'il vous I got one of those surfboards and uh, went out and had a fucking surf. And you know what? I stood up a couple times, but other than that, I wasn't very good. Oh, here's another Jetstar. Oh, no. No, no, no. Oh, that wasn't Jetstar. That was BA. That was quite loud and, and obnoxious as well. Maybe it's got nothing to do with the airline. Maybe it's just that sometimes it plays on the speaker over the top of my head and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> Maybe it's got nothing to do with yelling at poor people and everything to do with the fact that some of the announcements don't come out of the speaker that I'm sitting under. <laughs> oh, that's so funny uh, no nah, I reckon it's the poor people thing and government conspiracies and all that stuff I reckon that's actually what it is it's got nothing to do with physics <laughs> fuck me um, 
But, uh, yeah, I went for a surf. I was fine. And then I got to the store, and I'd just been feeling good all day. And uh, I remembered that Stella Donnelly's album was coming out that day. International Women's Day was the day that she'd slated to release it, which I didn't even realise how much of a genius idea that was until it happened. And, like, I mean, her album is full of really kind of angry stuff about being a woman and, you know all guys who treat women like shit and it's really righteous and it's a great album to be honest and the stroke of genius of putting it out on International Women's Day was it wasn't even I mean maybe it was a marketing thing for her but I'm not cynical about her she is yet to um, to to like she is yet to justify me being cynical about her sorry there was another announcement just then and it really fucked my train of thought up that's one two three four five six now and four times the mic's cut out in a half hour podcast what a life um yeah i I don't believe that it was a marketing strategy i believe i honestly believe that she put it out on international women's day so that when people heard what she was saying it would like oh i don't know Maybe it wasn't for me. I'm about to say it from my perspective of like she was thinking of people like me, but she definitely wouldn't have been thinking of dudes when she put it out on International Women's Day. But, okay, I'll say what it, what it did for me is it, A, reminded me that it was International Women's Day and, B, reminded me to kind of take the idea of International Women's Day a little bit more seriously rather than it just being a tokenistic gesture to women. I was listening to it and, and I, I remembered while I was listening to the album and, and listening to her sing about the experience of being a woman... And I remembered that it was International Women's Day and I was like, oh, I should fucking send out some messages to women in my life who I care about and just say, happy International Women's Day. And I did. And I fucking, I feel really good about it. All right? No, I felt really good, man. And, uh, and I guess that was all part of just the mindset that I was in. When I got to the store, I was like, you know what? I don't fucking need this to go well and I'm going to go on stage like I don't need it to go well. And I did. And I fucking I did real well um I just I was I felt like I was focused for the whole set everything came out how I wanted it to come out I got rid of a lot of nervous ticks and I was filming and there were 280 people out of 300 it was almost completely sold out and I went to the back of the room and uh went to check my fucking phone like the camera and uh someone had come by and turned it off and then the producer of the show came by and told me that I can't be filming when there's audience in that back area because they can see me filming and they're told not to film and it's like a double standard. And I get it, and, but I was just so bummed that I didn't get what at that point was my best set of the week. I think that was my best set of the week, actually. and Because uh, that was the whole reason I pretty much wanted to buy a new phone and a new tripod was so that I could record my set at the comedy store and use it as video promo for sets. And, my fucking festival run coming up and uh and it was like all right now i've only got two shows left to do it and uh thank fuck saturday i got the first one good and then the second one was even better so it was fine but um stella donnelly man that track like and that whole album really put me in an amazing mindset that song beware of the dogs was the one like the first half of the album is good but it's a lot of songs that i've kind of heard bits of before and because they were different to the way that i originally heard them when they were live i've it feels different so it didn't feel satisfying like hearing a new song does um and i guess because i anticipated the album so much it just you know it's always got to be a bit of a letdown but beware of the dogs which is fourth last i think i guess it's track 10 or something 
was the one, the first one that I hadn't really, I think I'd heard her play it once live, hadn't really heard it, and then listening to it and listening to the things that she says and the way that she works with lyrics, like the way she uses rhyme and then specifically doesn't rhyme certain lines to make them stand out is, uh, it, it's fucking, it really energizes me listening to the way she fucks with words and, uh, and listening to her sing. That song, Beware of the Dogs, on Stella Donnelly's debut album. Go fucking listen to it, man. I'm telling you. Um, <sighs> all right, one more thing. This is kind of funny. Because me and Pete were talking about uh, Triple J, and because uh, our mate Lewis is doing a few things on Triple J, doing a few little segments and stuff. And uh, I was wondering what... Uh, Triple J, like being the national radio station it kind of feels like it's for everyone and it's like new music and blah 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 blah. and I guess everyone loves it like you know it's not just young people who love it although they do say it's a young people's station but I still consider myself to be in the target demographic of it or at least I did um, because I was talking to Lewis about it when he was doing his segments and he was like oh I don't know if we're you know the target age for Triple J and, uh, and then I was talking to Pete and we were talking about the Hottest 100 and he was like, yeah, I think the last year that I really knew a lot of the songs in the top 10 of the Hottest 100 was, um, was like, and we went back and looked through it and uh, ascertained that for him it was when he was 22 and then we went back for me and it was also when I was 22 and we were like, oh, well, Jen Fricker's on this gig tonight. Jen Fricker, comedian and uh, Triple J presenter. She'll know, we can ask her. So we did the gig, and uh, and then we're in the van on the way back, driving back to Sydney from Wollongong, and uh, and I'm like, hey Jen, you still work at Triple J, yeah? And she was like, oh, actually, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I'm like, I'm actually on workers' comp right now. And then she proceeded to tell this insane story about some guy was like stalking her. It's fucking awful. Some dude was stalking her. Um, showed up at a few Triple J events, showed up at her doing, like, her stand-up shows a couple times and uh, and just, like, made her feel generally uncomfortable, was like, hey, can we go somewhere and talk alone? And she was like, no, nah, not really. And then would, like, send her messages and um, took a tour, got, like, a guided tour of Triple J that you can evidently get of, like, the ABC buildings. And uh, in sometime in 2018, like, maybe six, eight months ago, he showed up at the ABC offices at two in the afternoon in the daytime got past security got past everything showed up while she was on the air on triple j walked into the room when she was on the air and had beers like they were going to hang out and had a knife and just kept like kind of fiddling with the knife while she was on the air and she was like trying to get people trying to like contact people or get someone to come but in like a coded way of like Oh, hey, guys, sorry, can I just get the idea of that song again? Maybe if you could come to the office. And, like, no one was coming because everyone was on lunch and the security just weren't clued into it at all. So she had to leave the office and go into, I guess there's some room in the ABC offices that's, like, always locked from the inside or whatever. She had to go in there and lock herself in this room to get away from this fucking guy. And so she just doesn't really do stuff. She's, like, thinking about not going back to Triple J... She's not sure, and, like, she said everyone there, like, all the people have been very supportive, but because of the funding cuts to the ABC, which is a government-fucking-funded broadcaster, 
they can't up the security. So they just, they can't, like, assure her that that's not going to happen again. So this thing has happened where some dude has come into her workplace and threatened her with a knife and, and they're just not really doing anything about it because of fucking funding cuts to the ABC or whatever it is. And she told us this whole story and was kind of, you know, and we asked her questions about it and we're talking about it and like, oh, that's awful, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> that conversation kind of came to an end and I was like, all right, but so what I wanted to ask <laughs> was what is the demographic that ABC, <laughs> the Triple J is aimed at? She was like, oh, 15 to 23. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and I'm really sorry that that awful thing happened to you but actually I just want to know if I'm still in the age range that Triple J is targeted at or should I listen to Double J <laughs> oh, alright that's it god damn it I'm still so tired this has not woken me up at all but there was a few fucking good laughs in there I think I'm delirious to be honest my flight leaves in an hour and 20 Thank you guys for listening so much. Have a great week. Oh, man, I'll see you back in Melbourne. Mwah, 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 mwah. Aiden Jones.